0: You're listening ad-free with Wondery Plus. Today, so free
1: myself as well.
0: yeah. Yaniv Segev has a corner office in a sparkling glass tower just outside Tel Aviv, in B'nai Brak. He's on the 16th floor, with a clear view out to the Mediterranean. Segev, a criminal defense attorney, agreed to meet us last fall, but when we showed up at the appointed time... He seemed to have lost track of who we were or what we were doing there. Yeah, but B- By the way, what we're going to speak about? <laughs> uh, Gilbert Shikli. Oh, boy. He's a <laughs>
1: he's one hell of a guy.
0: I don't want to overgeneralize, but if there's such a thing as looking the part of a mafia lawyer, Yaniv Segev looks the part of a mafia lawyer. Crisp white dress shirt, dramatic streak of gray running through his hair, chunky Breguet watch, the kind that can run tens of thousands of dollars. All of which is to say, Segev has seen some things in the criminal world, but nothing like the crimes committed by his client, Gilbert Schickley.
1: It was a fairy tale. For me, it was a fairy tale. So if you take it and you put it in a Hollywood movie, I would say bullshit. But <laughs> it was real. <laughs> I mean... I mean he can convince you to do and to say and to think everything he wants.
0: In the fall of 2005, French investigators arrested Shikli's mistress in Paris. She turned on him immediately. Soon, Israeli police were watching the apartment they shared in Tel Aviv and the home he had with his family just south in Ashtod. They pulled his phone records, combed his bank accounts. The French had their suspects, Shikli, his brother Simon, and the offshore company's expert, David Atiyash. But they didn't have the evidence they needed to put them away. So they watched and waited. And the scams kept coming, month after month, bank after bank. Finally, the authorities caught a break. One day in March 2006, the Israeli police intercepted a FedEx shipment entering Israel from Mexico. It was addressed to Simon Chicli's house. And inside, $2 million in traveler's checks. SHOE BOXES FROM MEXICO? It was
1: so simple, so stupid, and so success.
0: One way the gang laundered their stolen money was by transferring it from various offshore accounts to Mexico, converting it into traveler's checks, then shipping the checks to Israel in shoeboxes. Not just
1: the way he got the money out, but the way he got the money into his house. A FedEx delivery come and give you a box of shoes. Not shoes, <laughs> just money, I mean, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah,
0: that's, that's exactly wow. The Israeli police dressed up a cop like a FedEx guy and delivered the packages. Now they could piece together the whole scheme, from the initial call to the laundered money arriving at the gang's front door. It was time to bring them in. They summoned Shikli to a local police station. There's an amazing description in the police report of what happened next. The place was crowded, so they had him wait outside. Shikli found himself sitting next to a French police officer who'd come from Paris as part of the case. Whether the cop had been planted there, and whether Shickley knew he'd been planted there, it's impossible to know. Later, in his official questioning, Shickley would have nothing to say. But sitting outside the station, he started asking the officer questions. What did he think of the man who'd pulled off the scams? They were certainly out of the ordinary, the officer replied. Maybe it wasn't the man behind the scam who should be condemned, Shickley said, but the banks for their mistakes. The officer countered, yeah, but this scammer got rich at the bank's expense. Shickley suddenly lapsed into the first person. I barely touched the money, he said. Then he began to boast about the scam. I did it for fun. The banks were so gullible, so I kept going. The problem is in their systems, he said. I'm just the guy who noticed. From Wondery, Pineapple Street Studios, and Amazon Music, I'm Evan Ratliff, and this is Persona. Episode 2, Genius. How long have you been driving a taxi?
2: I was a policeman before.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. And then why did you retire? Because in those times there was no money. As a policeman, there was no money. Shmulek Pinsker is part owner and manager of a taxi service in Ashdod, about 25 miles south of Tel Aviv. The company is known by how you dial it, star 6868. And just a few minutes into our ride, Shmulek had already boasted more than once that it was the most popular taxi service in all of southern Israel. But our producer Henry Malofsky and I didn't just need a lift. We were in Shmulek's cab on a rainy night in November because we'd heard he was a friend of Shikli's.
2: He looks simple, he speaks simple, you know, but he's a genius. He's a dangerous genius because what he wants, he does. He don't think twice.
0: A genius. We heard that a lot in Ashdod. We also heard that Shikli was so popular he was like the mayor. By the time we showed up, he was long gone from town. But he wasn't a guy that faded in your memory.
2: People, you see, if you are here, you will always be around him because it was very fun to be around him.
0: Shmulek was full of stories about how fun Shikli was. They'd been friends for years, though their friendship started in a strange way.
2: One evening in my office, a man came inside with two brothers. He said, I am Gilbert. I want to buy your taxi station.
0: Looking back... Shmulek assumed Shikli had needed a place to park his dirty money. How better to launder it than through a taxi stand? It was a cash-heavy business, especially back then. Plus, he could even turn a decent profit. Shikli bought four stands in Ashdod. It wasn't enough. He wanted Star 6868. And he opened it back, and there was two million euro inside. Shmulek wanted to sell, but his partners didn't. The taxi stand was like a home, they said. And you don't sell your home. And he was, he was so angry. Is the kind of
2: guy that he saw that he can buy everything in money. And he said to me, Shmulek, if this is the problem,
0: I can pay more. When Shmulek's partners refused, Shikli tried to buy Shmulek instead.
2: He said to me, I will give you a million shekels. I will give you
0: my yacht.
2: I will give you my apartment to live as much as you want. I give you everything. I buy you a new car.
0: Shmulek wouldn't leave his partners behind, not for any price. Still, somehow, through all of Shikli's pestering, the two became friends. Schmulich had never met anyone like him. So
2: from this time, everything started to be funny with Gilbert. We was enemies and he tried to buy me. You're dealing with a men that don't care about money.
0: When he said Gilbert didn't care about money, he didn't mean it like Gilbert valued other things in life, not money. He meant it like Gilbert had so much money, he didn't care where it went. And nobody splashed it around like Shickley. At a restaurant, if he saw somebody new, he'd buy their meal. After his own, he'd leave $1,000 tips. One time, Shikli told Shmulek he'd won the lotto to the tune of 35,000 Israeli shekels. Come with me and collect it, he said.
2: We're going to the, to the shop to get the money. And I asked the owner of the shop, he wins so thirty-five. dollars He say yeah. But he's sending 70000
0: <laughs> <laughs> But it doesn't matter, as long as he's winning. All the while, Shikli kept up his obsession with besting Shmulek's company. There was a large digital billboard in town. Shmulek had paid for a Star 6868 ad to run on it every 40 seconds. Then suddenly, the ad stopped running. According to Shmulek, Shikli had gone to the owner of the billboard and paid a million shekels to buy the sign, a few hundred thousand dollars at the time.
2: So I called the Gilbert and said to Gilbert, I pay money every 40 seconds that he would say, he said, You don't have to worry no more. <laughs> How much you pay? I said pay 10,000 shekel for three months. You get 20 back, but you don't be on the side. That's
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shmulek drove us past one of Shikli's taxi stands, now a mobile phone store, and his brother Simon's old place by the beach. Finally, at the end of a block, we rolled to a stop outside of Shikli's former home. I'd seen photos of it in the French media, blocky and modern. We cracked the windows in the rain and snapped a few photos like we are following a star map.
2: If you see, it's all full with cameras around. You see the cameras? Yeah.
0: And the swimming pool is in the other side. Shikli hadn't been here for years, but his family was still there, Shmulik said. Shikli's father lived in the house next door, or at least used to. Years ago, Shmulek told us, Shikli was having a party to celebrate the birth of his daughter. And the owner of the house, then,
2: his neighbor, said to him, Gilbert, you're making noise. It's 11.30 at night. And he said, what is the problem? He said, no, okay, I want to sleep. He said, how much you want for your house? He said to him, three million. He said, I give you three and a half, but you're living now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> as eager as he'd been to show us the place, Shmulek was quickly ready to move on. It was already late, and he didn't want anyone spotting us, lurking around. There's a recording I was given of an interview with Shikli back in
2: 2015.
0: My
4: father was a mechanic, and uh, my mom took care of our five kids. He's at the palatial house in Ashdod, Sitting by the pool, he
0: talks about a very different time in his life.
2: So,
1: obviously, it was
4: impossible because we lived in a small room with seven people. We didn't have a bathroom or a toilet. We had to go up the stairs. We knew what misery was, you know. Chickley was born in France
0: in 1965, one of five siblings, raised in Belleville, in the northeastern part of Paris. In fact, everything starts in Belleville. His parents came from Tunisia and settled in the neighborhood. It was home to a large population of North African Jews, and there was rampant discrimination against them at the time. Still is. Belleville residents got locked out of jobs and bank loans which in part is how it got its reputation for being a place where people found other ways to get by.
2: Belleville,
4: it's a place in Paris where all these people started this kind of thing and all of them mainly come from belleville Scammers, he means.
0: Belleville has birthed some legendary French arnaqueurs. Schickly started early, selling off his free school notebooks at age eight. He had a theory as to how a generation of hustlers had emerged,
4: learning from each other and from the street. Because it's a village, it's homey and it's also rough. it's a village where we lacked everything and obviously we were street kids. We very rarely lived with our parents and so we learned to fend for ourselves and it gave us some experience of life already. As young people, we knew how to get by. Shikli has a son named Shai.
0: He remembers hearing about his father's early escapades.
5: He
6: was i I don't think schemer is the right word. It's like every time he found a way to get by. Like there's the story that he sold a car when he was 13 that wasn't his. Shai grew up in Israel,
0: so Hebrew is his first language. He was reluctant to speak to us at first. A local reporter on our team, Shirley Askari, spent a few weeks going back and forth with him. He'd set up a meeting and then cancel at the last minute. When they finally met, he arrived with two cousins and his father's friend. They told her they were there to make sure Shai didn't say anything he shouldn't. He eventually agreed to meet me for two interviews, first at a hotel in Tel Aviv, and then the next day in Ashdod, in the back of a bookstore warehouse. He'd just turned 21, and he had a freshly cut fade. On one arm, a tattoo read, Only God Can Judge Me, a Tupac reference. He'd gotten the idea from one of his dad's friends, who'd had one that read, Only God can judge us.
5: He
6: had a hard life in his childhood, and he was always trying to get out of it. Doing that honestly was very, very, very hard. There wasn't a huge leap from petty street scams to more
0: sophisticated schemes. In 1996, Shikli was convicted of bank card fraud. In 2000, he and his brother Simon embezzled money from a leather goods store. After that, he even rented office space, filled it with cubicles and duped entrepreneurs looking to get in on the tech craze. That's when he started the fake advertising scam he was still doing when he met Atiyash. It required a certain gift for persuasion.
5: Most
6: people who hear the story, you know, right away they see the genius of how he did it. They don't see it as he stole or he cheated. So I hear more your father is a genius than your father is a thief. Although I don't think thief is the right word for him because he did a lot of interviews in Israel where he said how it happened. I don't want to say exactly because I don't know all the details, but the aim was never stealing. It was more a game.
5: Hmm,
6: like beating the system.
5: No, I think he wants
6: No, I think he wanted to live well.
0: If there was one thing Shai wanted us to understand, it was that the man portrayed in the media was not the one he recognized.
6: Essentially, what they publish about him is what he did. The scamming, those things. He stole, he's a fraud and all that. But it's clear that they don't talk about the person himself. He's a very good person. He helped a lot of people. He helped a lot of people. Gilbert
0: liked to list his profession as poker player, which he was, although not a good one, by his own admission. He claimed that he ran up too many debts in France with the wrong people. Some of those people had locked him in the trunk of a car for four hours. So the family moved to Israel at the end of 2004, months before the president scam began. They became citizens, a process known as making aliyah. But Shikli's home life in Israel was complicated. There was the apartment in Ashdod with his wife and kids, and the place in Tel Aviv where his mistress Shirley lived until she was arrested in Paris. As the scams kept going over the next year, Chickley divorced and then remarried, but not to Shirley the mistress, to a completely different woman who he'd also been seeing since arriving in Israel. Her name was also Shirley. That's three Shirleys in this story, if you're keeping count Gilbert's mistress, his second wife, and our colleague. Shai lived with his mother, the non
6: Shirley ex wife. You have to understand that my parents are divorced and he had another family. Four daughters, a wife, so he didn't really intervene too much. Hmm. That doesn't mean that we didn't have a good relationship. On the contrary, we were very, very, very close. My father, he invented this.
5: Why do people love him so
6: much? It's because there are a lot of people in this area and he simply is the best. They see him as like, wow, like, I wish I could be like him. I wish I had that mind. And that's why everybody sucks up to him. Why is he the best? Give him a telephone. You'll see.
0: If Shikli had just decided to put the phone away after the police brought him in for questioning in 2006, they might never have caught him. Or as David Atiash put it, if Gilbert had stopped his bullshit... He would have gone on living safely in Israel with his millions. But the bullshit never stopped. Shikli thought he was untouchable.
7: I think Shikli is the kind of person who believes like he can he can talk his way out of anything.
0: One afternoon in late 2006, Yitzhak Bloom was toiling away in the empty rooms of the Israeli State Attorney's office. His fellow prosecutors and staff were off at one of their periodic retreats. There was a lot of sitting by the pool sipping drinks. It wasn't Bloom's thing.
7: And I often found those days very good days for catching up on work.
0: So Bloom was there to answer a call about an unusual matter. A French judge had been pursuing suspects in a massive fraud investigation.
7: And then she came in and she gave me this story of what was going on, which, you know, was very, very interesting.
0: (laughs) It was Shickley. The French finally had enough evidence to indict him. But now there was a new, potentially even trickier question. Could they even get him back to France? The judge wanted to know what it would take to get him extradited. Bloom was the right man to ask. He had plenty of experience dealing with countries trying to get fraudsters out of Israel.
7: Frankly, in Israel, uh, most serious criminal cases have an international aspect to it.
0: But Shickley's case was uniquely complicated.
7: We were extraditing somebody to another country for things that he did entirely physically in Israel.
0: A typical extradition case might involve a Frenchman, say who had committed a murder in France, and then fled. Shikli was an Israeli citizen, hadn't even traveled to France to commit the crimes.
7: He was sitting in his apartment headquarters in Tel Aviv, and he was making all these calls to France.
0: Still, Bloom was open to it. The French judge laid out the evidence they'd gathered against Shikli: The phone records, the mistress who'd turned on him, the FedEx shipment. To Bloom, the case seemed challenging but winnable. So on December 26, 2006, a full seven months after the day he sat on a bench outside the police station and all but confessed, Gilbert Schickly was finally arrested for pulling off the president's scam in France. From jail, Schickly called Yaniv Segev, crisp-shirted defense lawyer, to the mob. So how did they find you, do you know? Uh, they got recommended by
1: another head of criminal mafia here in Israel, hmm. which I was represent at the same
0: time. Segev has now spent more than a decade on these kinds of cases. But Chikli was one of his first, and a memorable one. It's a genius scam. There's that word again. Genius.
1: I feel more comfortable to represent someone who's still from the bank and not from another person, no matter how wealthy or not the other person is. And Gilbert did not
0: target, as far as I know, individuals. As the case made its way in front of the judge...
3: Segev brought on another defense lawyer, David Fall. This was like reading a very good book, you know? It was amazing. I thought to myself, it couldn't be possible. He puts people in a movie. Fall is a specialist in French-Israeli legal
0: matters. Like Segev, he was astounded by the case in
3: front of him. He took innocent people and changed their lives. This guy is a really genius.
0: Did you get any sense of what his motivation might be? I mean, obviously,
3: the money. Sure, the money is one of the issues. But I think the first issue is he wants to have uh, his part of the cake and revenge on life. He didn't steal from poor people. He stealed from banks. I don't think he's a bad person. No, the contrary. I think he's a good person. But I think that he wanted to show to everybody that he can beat the system.
0: Shikli had always believed he was protected in Israel, that as a citizen, the government would never extradite him for crimes he committed in another country. But looking at the evidence, his lawyers didn't see much chance of stopping it. The French wanted him in prison, and the Israelis were happy to help make it happen. David Atiash and Simon Shikli were arrested at the same time as Gilbert. They both decided not to resist their extraditions. They were sent back to France, held in Paris jails awaiting trial. But Gilbert insisted on fighting it, no matter what his lawyer said. Once the evidence was finally in, his lawyer's prediction proved correct. Gilbert was, was very upset. There was
3: apparently an incident in the courtroom. Guards have to calm him because uh, he, it was like, uh, you know, a little child that was caught on something and uh, say, no, it's not me. And everybody knows that it is him. He doesn't accept that he was caught. He doesn't accept that they don't believe him.
0: Now Shickley was facing a near certain conviction in France, followed by years in prison. That's how it was supposed to go, but of course, it didn't. Afterwards,
1: he played everyone, his counsels, the judges, even his wife. He plans everything three, four, five moves ahead of you, like a checkmate.
0: When Shickley arrived in France, he was placed in provisional detention, awaiting trial alongside his brother and David Atias. In his first interrogation, Shickley claimed to know nothing about the scam. 99.99% I have nothing to do with this, he told the authorities. But facing the full weight of French justice, he pivoted. He admitted to many of the scams, including La Poste and Madame G. But the mastermind, he said, was David Atias. Shickley had only gotten involved because of gambling debts. When Atiyash's lawyer told him Shikli had hung it on him, he was enraged. It's delirium, he shouted, according to his book. I'm in the shit. I'm in the goddamn shit. The lawyer, Laura Berby, told me the long wait in jail took a toll on Atiyash.
8: It was difficult for him. It wasn't his country anymore because he was living in Israel.
0: It had been two and a half years since he was first arrested in Tel Aviv.
8: He wasn't with his wife that he divorced, but without his children... So it was a very, very difficult situation for him.
0: Almost from the beginning, Atiyash had decided to admit to the crimes, tell the authorities about his role, and Schickly's.
8: He just took a bad decision because he stayed. He didn't go to the police. Mm-hmm. So my uh, mon objective, my objective was to explain that. Mm-hmm. He said what he knew about this case. It was a parenthesis of his life.
0: It was a parenthesis in his life, she said. When I asked if she was worried her client would be stuck holding the bag after Shikli said Atiyash ran it all, Baraby waved it off.
8: At the beginning, uh, Gilbert said that David was the boss. Yeah. But to be honest, I wasn't very anxious about it because I knew that no one will believe it.
0: She was right. Later, Shikli would take it all back and accept most of the blame or the credit for himself. He told investigators he had a natural talent for persuasion, and mentioned in one interrogation that he'd studied for several years at Cour Florent, a famed acting school in Paris. This was Shickley's strange M.O. when confronted with his crimes. He'd vehemently deny any participation, then reluctantly acknowledge his role, then subtly aggrandize it. Sometimes he'd lace new lies into his confessions in ways that didn't seem to help him or really even make sense. It made it impossible to know what was true even when he supposedly came clean. In August 2009, David Atiyash finally got out on bail. He wrote about the moment in his book. I could tell you about the crying of children in my arms, my first steps back on the beach, my first coffee, my first smile from a woman I didn't know. I could, but you wouldn't really understand. For months, Shikli had been asking to get out, too. He hadn't seen his children for nearly three years. Eventually, the judge let him out on bail, 50,000 euros. Shikli was confined to an apartment in the southern suburbs of Paris and required to check in regularly at the local police station. For Schickly, it wasn't enough.
3: Uh, Schickly, uh,
0: his French lawyer, David Olivier France Kaminsky, described a confrontation between Shikli and the judge controlling his bail.
1: Chacun répond aux questions du juge. Et puis ensuite, on assiste à une scène judiciaire vraiment particulière.
0: Chikli answered the judge's questions. And then, according to Kaminsky, there was a scene. He asked her to alter his bail conditions, let him return to Israel for two weeks to see his children. She
2: declined. Well, Madame Judge, Chikli replied,
0: if you won't give me permission, I'll just take it. Shortly after the hearing, Shickley presented himself at the police station, signed his check in ledger, then never showed up again. Yitzhak Bloom who'd helped with the extradition, received a phone call from a French magistrate.
7: She says to me, listen, Gilbert Shickley is giving an interview to a French television reporter in Israel, and she wants to know what we can do to prevent that. And my reaction was, say what? What's he doing in Israel? (laughs) Didn't I just extradite it?
0: How had they let him get away? The answer depended on who you talked to. Shikli himself would claim that he'd arranged a private jet back to Israel. Others said he'd walked onto a commercial flight.
9: They forgot to take his passport.
0: <laughs> Anak Granit, the Israeli police attaché in France, heard that Shikli left straight from the courthouse.
9: He went out from uh, the court, took a taxi to the airport, and then uh, <laughs> got a ticket to Israel and went back to Israel. In the <laughs> evening, he was back in Israel.
4: Yeniv
0: have heard that had escaped by removing one of those electronic monitoring devices that go around your ankle.
1: You know that Gilbert uh, ran away from France with a bracelet, uh, something like that,
0: and he ran away for Israel. No matter what version you heard, everyone in Israel seemed to agree. The French had completely botched it.
7: It was immensely frustrating to me that he was released after all the painstaking work that I had done to get it extradited.
0: Yitzhak Bloom.
7: But uh, part of me just had to laugh.
0: Bloom waited for the French to ask the Israelis to send Shikli back to prison, but they never did. He told me that it was probably too embarrassing for them. They'd have to go in front of a judge and explain how they'd let Shikli simply fly back to Israel.
7: I'm surprised, but I'm not like dumbfounded. Stupidities happen. The question is, then you go to the court and you say, look, something happened that shouldn't have happened. We're not going to let this guy go out and continue to defraud people for the next 15 years because a mistake was made. We have to correct the mistake. In my opinion, that's what should have happened.
0: If the French had swallowed their pride, asked for his extradition again, and gotten him back, maybe everything would have been different. Maybe the story and the scam would have ended there.
4: Un jeu qui lui aurait rapporté 50 millions d'euros avec des règles simples.
0: Instead, there, there she was. On TV, in the interview that the French authorities had tried to stop, Butzack Bloom definitely could not stop. Shikli sits in a chair at a beachside restaurant, wearing a pair of Ray-Bans. It's a beautiful day. Cigarette in hand, he walks viewers step by step through the president's scam. Although he disputes that particular label, scam.
2: Escro, je crois pas. Je crois pas parce que un escro, il a.
4: A scammer? Hmm. I don't think so. Because the scammer's objective is to earn a lot of money. Money, I have. So I think it was, very honestly, a game.
0: He was more like an actor on the stage, he says. I have a gift. The interview was seen by millions on French TV. There's this sad, funny detail I came upon in the police files. A description of French investigators dutifully transcribing the interview for their records. Watching a man they spent years trying to bring to justice, now taunting them from thousands of miles away on France's national public TV channel. Even Schickly's defense lawyers couldn't believe he dared to come home. You ran away
1: exactly to the country who extradited you. If he was running away for, you know, Angola or some South African country which doesn't have any extradition agreements or cooperation with France, I can understand that. But you come back to Israel. (laughs) That's his nature.
0: Was he operating by instinct? Or did he have it all planned out? That was always the question with Shickley. Do you remember what your reaction was when you found out he, he had returned? That's smile. <laughs> a smile. That's his lawyer, David Fall, again. But he didn't surprise me. Because <laughs> he's like a cat. He's got seven lives. Do you say seven lives here? We say a cat has nine lives in the States. Is that uh, we so said a different seven expression? lives. You say okay. seven here? Okay. Seven yes. makes more sense. <clears throat> As we talked with Shikli's son Shai in the back room of the bookstore warehouse in Ashdod, he opened up a little bit more about the father he'd come to know after his return to Israel. When Shikli had been arrested back in 2006, Shai was just a kid.
6: When he was arrested, it wasn't the first time. I was, I think, about seven, maybe six, when he told me he was in the army. And did you believe? No. But little by little, mm-hmm. things get discovered, and you grow up with it.
0: Mm-hmm. When his father returned three years later, Shy believed the French had simply set him free. He was nine at the time. Things returned to normal. He spent time with his dad at the big house in Ashtod. They had money, he says. But he insists Gilbert was now a legitimate businessman, a family man. Whenever I use the word criminal within a few sentences of his dad, Shy bristled a bit. Yeah, sure. He committed the president's scams. Everyone knew that.
6: The president, yes, he invented that. I think he invented it.
0: But there was a divide between what his dad had done and what real criminals
6: did. Criminals were violent. They stole from ordinary people. You have to understand that my father is not a criminal. It's not like you saw drugs in the house or the mafia.
0: I should say this doesn't exactly echo what I heard from others around Ashdod. Shmulek, for instance.
6: Around
2: him was always people from the not good people, uh ah, criminals, criminals.
0: Genevieve Segev said Shikli's fame began attracting other unsavory people. He was targeted by
1: criminal organizations, like sharks, and he was extorted, I know for sure, okay? And then in some point a hand grenade
6: threw to his backyard. That, Shai remembered too. Yeah, it was a stun grenade. Did they shoot at the house also? Yes, they did. But no one was hurt? He was very close, but really, miraculously, no one was hurt. But it wasn't meant to kill him, maybe to frighten him. Shai did eventually come around to admitting that some shady characters hung around his father's house. I'd come to his house, he has a round table in his living room and I would see people, important people maybe a few criminals too because let's admit it, I wouldn't say my father was a criminal but the place where he was, those are the people he hung out with like a singer knows singers, scammers know scammers
0: a singer knows singers, scammers know scammers that's who Shikli came up with, Shai said just the reality of life in Belleville. The scams were his dad's only way out.
6: I don't think he would have done it if he had come from a wealthy family. He would definitely have been some genius lawyer or something. Shai had recently started a
0: career in the diamond business. He saw his father's talents in himself. He had the genes
6: for it, and he'd watched and learned. He's not just a scammer, my father. He's mainly a businessman. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky to learn from him.
0: What other kinds of things have you heard or read that people say that aren't true?
6: Lots of, Lots things. of things. Lots. Yeah, I bet. Can you think of any big, the biggest examples?
5: <laughs> that
6: he studied many
0: years in acting school? The famous French acting school, cour Florent, the place Shikli had told his interrogators he'd studied. That was a rumor someone must have made
6: up about him, Shai said. He studied in the street, he learned from life. Uh-huh. He could have been an actor, that's for sure. I think he used it in mm-hmm. life, but not in front of cameras. To Shai's mind,
0: his father had made a sacrifice for his family, for him. He'd used his talents to make a fortune on the other side of the law, so his children wouldn't have to make the same choice.
5: He decided, good, I know I can do it.
6: I'll do it. And when I've done it, I'll stop and I will live an ordinary life. So it's clear that for his son, he gave me what he did, and he'll pay the price. He'll help his son. That's where the story ends. So that's it.
0: Before Shikli was sent to France, he never talked openly around Ashtod about the source of his money. In the back of Shmulek's taxi, I decided to ask about it. Did people talk about where does the money come from? Where
2: has no, in it? the beginning, nobody knows. There was a rumors that... He steal money from the bank.
0: But after Shikli escaped back to Israel and started talking openly about the scam, things changed.
2: He never speaks about from where he got the money. Until there was the TV, we saw in the TV exactly what he's doing, and now, but he was very famous in Ashdod. Everyone knows him.
0: The revelations didn't seem to damage his reputation in Ashdod. If anything, they seemed to enhance it. It gave a little element of danger to the fun-loving guy who threw money away with two hands.
2: He bought a yacht that belonged to Yasser Arafat.
0: The kind of guy who bought a dumpy yacht just because, according to Shmulek at least, it once belonged to the head of the Palestinian Liberation Organization.
2: The yacht I don't worth nothing, but he pay a lot of money because it belongs to Yasser Arafat.
3: No way.
0: Yeah. Shikli had a second yacht, too. What he didn't have was a license to pilot a yacht. Shmulik says there were rumors that Shikli paid someone 10,000 euros for a fake one. Unfortunately, he failed to buy any boating experience. So one day, taking Shmulek out for a sale, he crashed into another boat in the marina.
2: I said to him, Gilbert, you destroyed the yacht. Never mind, I buy a new one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there were stories about the new synagogue his money had built, about paying friends mortgages and impulsively giving away his cars to taxisan employees. There were even videos posted on one of Shikli's many Facebook pages, showing him somewhat goofily handing out toys at the local hospital. You could read these as narcissistic displays of wealth or heartfelt contributions to the community. Was he some kind of Robin Hood or a world-class liar? Or both? The more people we talked to, the more the answer seemed to depend on their proximity to Gilbert. When you found out that he was stealing the money, was there any part of you as a former policeman that said, oh, I don't, I don't approve see, of that? see, when I
2: was in the police, even when I catch a thief, but he do it smart. You get respect for him. You arrest him, but you respect him. It's a long time when I was a police officer, but when he succeeds to do so big crime, if he stops in the first crime, nobody catch him.
0: Yeah, but he couldn't stop. He couldn't stop. Yaniv Segev, his defense attorney, watched Shikli return from France straight back to the high life in Ashdod. He
1: got his fancy cars and everything. And you know, once I saw his wife, she was with, um, what's the name of this car? Uh, Range Rover Sport with Swarovski diamonds all over the, really on the front of the car. And uh, not just it's ugly, but
0: how, how dare you? I mean, how dare you? Come on. We left Duniv Segev's high rise office and walked to the elevator. We were headed to a meeting back at our hotel with David Atiyash. If there was one person who could separate the myth of Shikli from the reality, it was Atiyash. He'd already served his sentence, so he could tell the whole story without worrying about the repercussions. When we'd first found him over the summer of 2021, he was living in Istanbul. He was willing to talk. He said if we were willing to tell the whole story, the scam wasn't what it was made out to be. He said he could explain it all. We considered a trip to Turkey. But then he told us he'd relocated back to Israel and we should see him there. So we organized this trip on a couple weeks' notice, eager to pin him down before he changed his mind. Now, on our way to the interview, I was reviewing the list of questions I'd been working on for months, the things I most wanted to know about Gilbert Shikli, and what he and Atiyash had done. We reached the ground floor, the elevator doors opened, and there was a message from our reporter, Shirley Askari. Atyash had died, she said, just hours before. He was 50 years old.
8: Hey, are you still here?
4: Yeah, we're in shock.
8: That's crazy. We were just about to meet him, and I was texting him yesterday.
0: At first, we had trouble believing it. But then his wife called Shirley. He'd gone to bed looking forward to the interview, she said, and died in his sleep.
8: I was shocked. I was crying with her. She was so miserable. And and I was like, I was shocked. I, I said, Wow.
0: I'm sorry that it's happened. I don't know what to say. I mean... It's just sad. We'd been immersed in the shifting realities of these scams for months. We often had trouble knowing what to believe. And Atiyash had told us about Shikli's, quote, dangerous contacts. In the moment, it was hard to steer our minds away from conspiracy. We weren't the only ones. Did you know that uh, we were going to interview Atiyash? He's him? Two days later... I was talking to the former head of Interpol in Israel, Asher Ben-Artsi. He was here, but he died on Tuesday. He died?
1: Yes. On yesterday. Tuesday? Yes.
0: He was 50. 50 years old.
1: Died of what?
0: A heart attack. Nature. Yeah. You, you sure? It's a strange coincidence. ben Artsy was trained to be paranoid. But soon it became clear that that's all it was. A coincidence. And a tragedy for Atiyash's friends and family. A few months later, we spoke to Atiash's wife. She didn't want us to use her name, but offered to talk, she said, because of how much he had been looking forward to the interview.
9: (inaudible) I wanted to do it because I thought, well, if he was going to do it, then I have to do it. I knew that David had been talking to you for the last few months, and it's absolutely crazy that he left us the day before your meeting, when the day before, I was still hearing that you had an appointment at such and such a time, in such and such a place.
0: She'd met him long after his time with Shikli, only heard the stories, read his book. She hadn't lived it herself. But looking back at the scam... She was sure of at least one thing. It hadn't been about the money.
9: It's not just the scam for the sake of the scam. He was fascinated by the idea, by the cleverness, by the originality of the job.
0: After prison, Atiyash had returned to his music and to restoring old furniture. He'd repaired his relationships with his children, too. He'd given up the world of offshore shell companies. He'd sworn off Gilbert Shickley.
8: Je pense qu'à la finale, il y a tellement perdu, il s'est tellement brûlé les ailes.
9: I think in the end, he got so lost. He burned his wings so badly that I think he walked away from that time and from the people he met in that business.
0: Did he ever talk about Gilbert and how he felt about Gilbert after everything?
9: Euh, ben Moi, je lui avais posé la question, d'ailleurs, je lui avais demandé... euh Well, I asked him the question, since afterwards we were able to follow Gilbert through the press a little bit. In any case, he always told me that he had never had contact with Gilbert again, and that he too, in his own way, thought that Gilbert was an artist, but an artist who had no limits and who isn't afraid of anything.
4: For
0: us... It seemed like a tragic example of what always seemed to happen with Schickley. Whoever was pursuing him, or trying to understand him, would get close, only to find that he'd somehow slipped away. And there was something else we discovered, something that made it even harder to pin down who Gilbert Schickley really was, and what he would go on to do. Something that was happening around him. The scam that he had invented was spreading. Other people seemed to be pulling it off, New victims of the president scam are coming to the police in France and then other countries. Some of the authorities, like Yitzhak Bloom, thought it was happening with Shickley's help.
7: I think somebody like Gilbert Shickley likes very much the idea that he's seen as some kind of pioneering genius who figured out something very, very novel. I have the impression that he even may have profited and banked on this reputation from like, you know, you want to do something like this? Come to me and give me a little bit of the cut and let me tell you what to do.
0: But Schickley was now famous, and so was his method. He'd seeded this idea into the world, and now it was growing like a vine, out of his control, fertilized by his own mythmaking.
3: Soon... It would spread its arms in ways he could never imagine. You know what is the name of Gilbert Shikli? The, the, the nickname of, the, of Gilbert Shikli? The
1: professor.
3: A lot of people try to do uh, what he did. Some people well, some people uh, much less. But uh, Gilbert Shikli is a professor. He's the professor.
0: That's next time on Persona. I
2: remember we went into the underground of this prison. And it was like a room full of very big rats. I never seen such a big
7: rat. And this guy say, go and take a mattress.
0: Were you afraid for your life?
7: Oh yeah, of course. We're seeing massive call centers with a 1,000 employees. A lot of people are willing to take that risk of using their voice on the phone to get lots and lots of money.
0: Persona is an original series from Wondery, Pineapple Street Studios, and Amazon Music. The show is written and hosted by me, Evan Ratliff. Our senior producer is Henry Malofsky. Our producer is Sophie Bridges. Our associate producer is Chris Knapp. Production assistants from Natalie Pert. Project management by Courtney Harrell. Joel Lovell is our editor. Additional reporting by Shirley Askari and David Iverson. Translation by Leela Badranath, Miriam Feinberg, and Yaakov Mermelstein. Fact-checking by Adeline Sear and Dania Suleiman. Mixing by Hannes Brown. Our head of sound and engineering is Raj Makija. Original music by Carla Kilstead and Jeremy Flower. Additional percussion by Matthias Bossi. Our artwork is by Kiyomi Morrison. Music licensing by Dan Kanishkui. Production legal provided by Bianca Grimshaw at Granderson De Rocher. And fair use counsel provided by Katie Ellie Mohammedi Crown at Donaldson Caliph. Special thanks to Lola Diane and Nathan Lippi. Also to Daniel Estrin and Tia Goldenberg for their 2015 interviews with Shickley for the Associated Press. Thanks to the Villa Brown Hotel in Tel Aviv. Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky are the executive producers at Pineapple Street. From Amazon Music and Wondery, our producers are Eliza Mills and Stephanie Wagnin, and our managing producer is Candice Manriquez-Ren. The executive producers at Amazon Music and Wondery are Morgan Jones, Marshall Louis, and Aaron O'Flaherty.